welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. I'm Martin Scott, a research director at Analysis Mason and head up part of our consumer research. Um, I also have taken a keen interest in generative AI and how it will change consumer applications. Today, I'm in conversation with Tom Rebeck, partner who heads up our consumer data and operator business services research practices. Tom was lead author on a recent report, Gen AI and the Telecom Sector, Three Scenarios for 2033. The conversations we had to build that framework for that report were really quite fascinating, weren't they, Tom? So I suppose let's let's start with the basics. What is Gen AI? Okay, so just just very briefly, because you could go on for hours just talking about this, and I suspect most people who are listening to this have already had a play with something like ChatGPT or Bard or, or something similar. Um, and if you haven't had a play with them, definitely worth uh, testing them out to see what they can do. So typically you enter a, a prompt or a, a question and then it comes back with a written response and that can be quite specific and quite detailed, but it's not just about language. Gen AI can also generate code. It can create pictures, even create video. It's worth, I think, talking very briefly also about how it works. So Gen AI, it's a probabilistic model. It, it doesn't understand in the, in the way that humans do the, the prompts or the words um, that it's coming up with. It's just a, a statistical model. Um, the big development that's happened in the last year or so is that the companies developing these models have been feeding ever larger amounts of data into them and the responses that they're getting back uh, are getting better and better all the time. Um, and I think this has actually taken lots of people in the industry just how good the responses are coming back uh, um, over the past year and the developments that have been made. Um, that said, sometimes the results can be good and sometimes they can be really good. Um, but sometimes they can be bad or, or, or terrible. Um, but the machine itself has no, the model itself has no judgment on this. It's got no awareness. It doesn't know whether the results it's putting out are good results or bad results. Um, so we need to be careful how we use it. Um, and I think a big question, not just for the telecom sector, but more generally about Gen AI, is how much further these models progress. Um, are we talking about Gen AI, which is really useful for generating suggestions that then we need to interpret and make use of, or will it generate something more powerful that can be used more directly? Yeah, thinking about things like um, how autonomous these these agents are, whether they are um, the the kind of the tool that we use, or whether essentially we give them freedom to be independent agents in future is yeah fascinating. And I suppose the starting point for this, we're really looking at it at the moment in terms of um, as a tool and tool use in quite limited use cases to start with, but with some fascinating stuff ahead. So. Um, in summary, how would you say telecoms operators have been have been using Gen AI or starting to use Gen AI so far? Yeah, so there are different levels that they're using it at. So uh, mostly we're talking about relatively narrow internal functions. These are ranging from the most basic. Um, so I think lots of operators are experimenting with things like Microsoft tools to, to use uh, Gen AI to, to, to summarize meetings. That's kind of pretty basic off-the-shelf capability. They are also testing it with some slightly more sophisticated use cases. So for example, we've heard from a few operators that are feeding in transcripts from call centers to help generate suggestions for the, the call agents. Um, others are feeding in internal manuals so employees can ask questions in, in a kind of natural language and not have to fight the way through the internet. Uh, AT&T is also using it to upgrade uh, legacy code. So these are all interesting projects, mostly at a trial phase, a kind of experimental phase right now, and they're not going to have much in the way of customer impact. The operator that's doing most 
um, it's kind of leading the way in this is SK Telecom. It's building its own LLM. It's experimenting with Gen AI as part of its, it has a, a customer facing chatbot and it's using, or it's starting to use Gen AI within that chatbot. It's also invested in Anthropic um, and it's working with them to build a telecoms version of Claude, um, which is the LLM de developed by, by Anthropic. Um, and finally, it's also a member of the Global Telco AI Alliance, along with Singtel, DT and Etisalat. Um, they're building AI tools for the telecom sector, and presumably that's including some Gen AI elements in there. Yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm really interested in that that bit where it gets beyond stuff that is kind of general business functions to stuff that is really telco specific. Um, and and we've we've obviously written a, a report um, which is part of start of well, a foundational model if you will <laughs> for a, a whole lot of, of future work looking at, at where this is all potentially going i mean where are the focus areas that we've been looking at where where telcos could be using generative ai beyond those those areas that we've already mentioned yeah and i think you mentioned so as part of writing the report we had a workshop where we we sat around with various people from across analysis mason and we went through all of the internal divisions within an operator kind of function by function to think about how Gen AI could be used and what the impact would be. And the conclusion was pretty much all of the functions internally could could use it. Um, and if you look beyond telecoms, um, there are examples uh, of Gen AI in lots of different areas. So Gen AI obviously being used for, for customer service, but also product development, marketing, finance, legal, and so on. There are also, like you say, some telecom specific ones. So around network planning, network optimization, and, and so on. Now, within all of that, I guess the obvious area is customer service. Um, so using a Gen AI model to answer customer inquiries. Um, this isn't really happening yet in a full blown form. Um, going back to the, the, the point we were making earlier, is it just suggestions or is it actually powering the whole uh, chatbot? Right now, it's just powering suggestions, and there've been various studies and trials on this. Uh, one of which showed really quite major productivity improvements. So, 14% in one case, uh, productivity improvements of, of, of call centres. Uh, so, if that was if that's replicated, and that was not in the telecom sector, but if that was replicated and was in the telecom sector, you could imagine the impact there. Uh, there are lots of other examples of things like in legal departments already using it to to help summarise contracts or or to answer questions. So if you've got some question on a big uh, on a big contract, you don't want to wade through the hundreds of pages of the contract. You just ask the um, the Gen AI and it, it brings back the answer and points to the, the relevant clause in in the contract. So yeah, I mean in conclusion, it could be used in, in pretty much every department. Now the interesting thing is then what it does in how that impacts the relationship between departments. So if we go back to that customer service example, if you get the major productivity improvements that we were talking about, then obviously that means you probably need fewer customer service agents and that's going to have an impact on the, the size of your HR department. If it helps to develop new products or it speeds the development of existing products, then that's going to have an effect on the uh, on the sales and marketing departments and, and so on. So the impact isn't just on on one department, but it's across departments as well. Yeah, and thinking about it from, say, a data analytics function, something that, you know, we're only still sort of tapping the, the surface of opportunity in terms of data analytics because it's so hard to kind of process unstructured data. And, you know, telcos always struggle with this, is actually that further down the line, generative AI may make it more accessible, democratize access to and interpreting that data um, so that the execs can do more stuff themselves and 
dare I say, we may need fewer fewer analytics uh, team members in the future. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's it's easy to get focused on the the potential headcount reductions, and obviously, if you're a telco and you're looking at all of the kind of pricing pressures and so on, you're going to, have to be thinking about what what could this do to your your cost structure. Um, but it isn't purely about reducing headcount. There can be the way that it changes the nature of of jobs. Um, uh, and, and improving the, the quality of tasks. So it could be that the finance, one example I think I gave in the in the report is about a finance department. Every six months or so, they're doing a re-forecasting re um, for the rest of the year. Now, typically that's a pretty crude exercise when you're halfway through the year, you just look at look, what's the performance been in the first half of the year and how did that compare to what we expected? And then you generate some new numbers for the rest, rest of the year. Now with Gen AI, you could help make that a bit more sophisticated because you could have a better understanding of what really happened in the first half of the year. Um, why were the numbers up or down? Were, you know, was it about pricing or customer numbers? And, and then digging down a bit more, uh, coming up with a higher quality answers and therefore a higher quality reforecast. So it's not just about the impact on, on headcount, but also on the quality of the of the of the job being done as well. Yeah, and then taking a step back from this and from things like headcount and looking at where it's going into the the more distant future, we have some big overarching trends in the telecoms industry. And actually, reduced headcount is one of those trends that, that I know we've discussed before, where the the number of employees in, in telecoms operators has over time fallen over the last twenty or thirty years. But this this potentially feeds into a larger fundamental change in the structure of the industry um, when thinking about it from a kind of the the role as an infrastructure player versus a retail player and so on in the network doesn't it yeah and i think that's really interesting when you think of it's going to impact these different departments in in different ways but particularly for the sort of customer facing areas like customer service and sales and and, and so on you could imagine it's going to have the most impact there um, it will also have an impact on things like network and network planning and so on, but probably the impact on the network side will be more limited. You still need lots of people to to build the networks and to maintain the networks and so on. Uh, and if you project that forward, it could mean you have a, an extremely lean service provider with far fewer people than today, but the network operation side is still relatively large, still relatively large teams. Now, Maybe that continues the the push apart that we've already seen in some countries where you have a separate company operating the network and then other uh, service providers, sort of virtual network operators sitting on, on top of that. Now, we've already seen that happen in some places, like in Italy, there's lots going on with that separation between the services division and the networks division. Potentially, Gen AI could support that and put that push that even even further, even even faster. So yeah, the potential impact goes much beyond... Uh, reducing the number of people in the call center to also having an impact on the the industry and the the shape of the industry overall. Yeah, and fundamentally on on competition overall. I know um, there is this discussion beyond telecoms of the idea of the the first billion dollar was it a three person unicorn. Uh, and I don't think we're going to hit those kind of extremes in in telecoms anytime soon. But it's notionally possible that yeah, retail service providers could be built that that are. Where so much of the function is is potentially in more extreme scenarios, gen gen AI based. I suppose that brings us on to actually um, discussing the the scenarios that we we do articulate in the report, of, of which there are three. Um, could you quickly for us please summarise those three scenarios and the key differences between them? Yeah. So the first scenario we called Navigator. That's an evolution of the current situation. So 
Gen AI keeps on getting better, but it isn't radically better than what we see today. It still needs human oversight. You, you, it, it's mostly a, a kind of suggestions tool and you use it to give you better answers and make everything more efficient and so on. So not a radical shift in the role of telecoms operators, a continuation of the uh, the reduction in headcount and so on. So in terms of the the operator in 2033 probably has quite a lot fewer people than, than today. Um, but the structure of the industry, the players and so on still looks familiar to us today. So that's the, the navigator, the, the first scenario. The second scenario is, is pilot. That's much more radical where Gen.ai becomes much more powerful. It's able to take decisions. Um, you give it much more control over the, the functions of a telecoms operator. And as a result, you have far fewer people in sales and marketing and service functions and, and so on. Um, in this third, in the second scenario, we have the role of regulation being important um, and restrictions by regulators on how far companies can go and how they can use all of this data that that's being generated. Um, and as a result of those restrictions, operators stick largely to connectivity, but it does push further that separation that we were just talking about between the services and networks companies. So you have a a small number of uh, network companies, network owners, the owners of the actual physical infrastructure, and then service providers sitting on top of that, um, but all of them just really focused on, on connectivity. The third scenario we explore is even more radical still. So Gen AI is um, extremely powerful, a, a bit like the second scenario is able to take decisions and so on. Um, but in this third scenario, there are no regulatory restrictions on what these companies can do. So they're not just limited to connectivity. Um, they get uh, the connectivity part gets bundled into other services um, such as entertainment and, and IT and, and, and so on. Um, again, you have that split between these network and service organizations. So you have these wholesale networks, kind of the infrastructure owners, um, and then you get the services providers sitting on top of them. But the services providers don't look like service providers today because they provide such a, a wide range of different services. So you could imagine um, like an Amazon selling connectivity as a bundle part of Prime or Uber, along with the various other services that it's selling, um, bundling connectivity as part of a, a monthly plan. Uh, and maybe something similar in the in the business space with IT service providers selling um, cloud and security and so on with connectivity bundled in. So this has a much more of an impact on the role of traditional service providers. Uh, they can either choose to compete um, head on by providing these full range of services or provide uh, just a, a no frills connectivity service or even combined with the other other tech players. So potentially this third scenario is much more disruptive, especially at the service layer than those other those other two scenarios. Great, thank you. Um, I think it's worth actually talking very briefly about the process of, of generating these scenarios because it's a really useful exercise. The, the idea isn't that these are three uh, like low, medium, high models for how much gen AI is going to affect the industry, but it's looking at various different dimensions and thinking about the different combinations that, that could potentially come into play with a view to, I suppose, giving operators a view of these are the different things that you need to be thinking about. And there may be, you know, more than three scenarios, but we, we boil it down to, to three. Um, could you, I, I think you articulate this stuff really well, um, explain a bit more about the process, because I think that's, it's been really valuable in framing how we think about generative AI in this report. Yeah, so like you say, it's not trying to say, this is a high, medium, low scenario, 
or uh, this is a bad scenario for telecoms, this is a, a sort of an okay scenario for telecoms, and this is a good scenario for telecoms operators as they are today. All of these scenarios have good elements in them for the telecoms operators and, and bad elements in them as well. Um, there are different sorts of opportunities. What we're trying to do is create essentially different worlds. It, they're not different versions of the same world, but completely three completely different worlds that, that uh, um, of, of how the telecoms sector evolves. The way we we did this is we came up with a list of I can't remember it was what ten or twelve different uh, factors to look at. So things like regulation and geography and how powerful Gen AI is, um, and then looking at some of the different uh, the impact on the different functions within a telecoms operator, and we scored them as to the, the level of impact and uncertainty. So what we're really interested in are those factors where there's a high level of in uncertainty uh, uh, and a potential high level of impact. And then we built those scenarios around um, those high uncertainty, high impact uh, factors to try to create these three different worlds. Um, as you say, it, you could potentially come up with more than three. Um, you could uh, come up with many more, obviously, with three it's easier to get your head around. It's easier to understand than if you have seven different scenarios or 10 different scenarios. Um, and I'm sure our understanding of these uh, of these different scenarios will will change over time. Clearly, Gen AI is moving very quickly. Um, as I said at, right at the beginning, I think everybody's been surprised at the development of Gen AI uh, the last year, just the sorts of things that you can get from these kind of free tools when you, you play around with BARD. Some of the answers you get are, are really very impressive. I suspect for the next year, we're going to have a, a bit of disappointment because it is so difficult. I mean, we've played around it internally with some of our research um, and it's actually very difficult to get good results um, or very reliable results out of these 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 models, these machines. So I think I think it's going to take a long time before we we move to these different worlds. So probably quite a few years of, of experimentation. Um, yeah, and our, our understanding of this will, will, will change. And this is clearly a topic that we're going to be coming back to again and again as we uh, as we understand more and uh, as those experiments from the telecoms operators that we were talking about develop further. Absolutely, and and as as we move beyond generative AI into other forms of AI as well, I think there's a lot of conflating in the industry of, of exactly what generative AI is versus more broad ideas of AI. So um, thank you, Tom. Uh, I think we're out of time there. Um, it's It's been really great for you to talk us through the work. Uh, a reminder to our listeners that there is a link to a short article about this and then the longer report that we've been discussing in the show notes. And as Tom mentions, we've got a series of reports coming out over the next year, looking at how generative AI is being used, how it might evolve, and how that affects the telecoms industry. So thank you so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>